I think I'm the only person I know that doesn't have a code for their phone. Um, do you, I have I don't have a code on my phone because like I'm afraid mm-hmm. of like somebody getting in there and getting all my nudes or anything like that. It's just if I lose it, right. You, good luck, you know, you got to wipe it clean to, to get it open. You know what I mean? That's sure. All. If, if it gets stolen, that's the only thing. And I do have, uh, I mean, well, I don't know what they could do with that. I don't have any credit card information, but I like my, my PayPal's in there. But I guess you'd have to use the code to get at that, too. So I don't know. But it's simple. It's just like, you know, four numbers, bing, bang, boom, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But no code at all. It's just, you know... Click it and slide it. Yep. Look at you. No fear. No fear. Living, da- still. Living dangerously. Yep. No, I listen, just, I don't let my phone out of my sight, you know? I don't let mine out of my sight either, but, you know. And you're a loyal man, so. But what if somebody gets into your J. Edgar Hoover file on your phone? My J. Edgar Hoover file. Yeah, where you have all your uh, video caps of, like, texts and stuff like that. Oh, oh. That, that's that's fine. I actually was um, I was actually clearing that out today. <laughs> Did you do a, a file purge? Um, I, You know what? I'll do, like, a weekly file purge because, um, you know, like, I'll take um, screen caps for stuff for... Pokemon Go and tweet those out. Right. Um, there's a bit in the game where you have to take a picture of your little friend walking around with you once a day. Okay. And like all the little rewards that you have to do, there's picture stuff with that. And then like sometimes I'll screen cap something real quick just for the moment. And then like the moment has passed and we're gone. But like I stumbled upon one that was in there from like February of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it was. Because usually everything's in their own separate folders as well, right? Right. Um, but this one was just kind of like in a like just a random folder, and it was someone's tweet from February of 2020. And I went and saw that it wasn't like a deleted tweet because usually that's what will happen is there were people. And again, I don't want to give incriminating information away, um, but there are people that I put on alert when they tweet because they would tweet something out and then immediately regret it and delete it. Right. So because I get the alert, I could pull it up. And then just as long as I don't leave the Twitter app, the tweet won't go away, even if they delete it. Right. So then I see they delete it. I screen cap it and send it to them to to torment them and say, for shame, I know what you tried to do, you know, just to mess with them. Right. 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 And there's and like and this tweet wasn't deleted or nothing like that, so I sent the screen cap to the person who tweeted it out with the link to their tweet, and I'm like, eh, it's been almost three years, uh, nothing ever came of this. Was everything okay? And they're like, I literally have no memory of what that was about, you know? <laughs> right. And because it was February of 2020, it was like two weeks before COVID hit, you know. Right, he was. You know, they, they were probably in like a ketamine like induced haze or something. So they don't remember. Allegedly, allegedly. Right, I don't know. I'm busting. So could be could be anything, but it was just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, something might have been brewing, and then you know the pandemic happened, and like <laughs> whatever that was, kind of went by the wayside. You know. Right. Um. Though I think you should charge money 
to people if they come like to you you like if you want i'm not saying i have one but if you pay me x amount of dollars i'll i'll show you your file Mm -hmm. and like maybe there's nothing in that file and then that person wasted their money you know what i mean so but i think there's an opportunity to be had there there's um I will say a majority of the people I have files on <laughs> are bad people. Are bad people who aren't reaching out to me. Right. And many of them no longer exist in the social media space. <laughs> okay. Um there's a couple, two, three that I have of no, people. I think I could I think I could point to one or two, but that's about it. A couple, two, three people cocking off maybe before (laughs) they got TV contracts. Now, they were in the right. They were 100% of the right. (laughs) Right. But it could be damaging is what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and again, even in in context tweet from six years ago, you know. No, I get you. Yeah, yeah. I'd really like to see all your co-hosts' files. To tell you the truth, I got nothing on you. You behave. I be. I do delete tweets though, but it's usually for typos. Right, <laughs> so. and that's the thing. You know, a typo, I let you slide. Or uh, a space, I got, an extra space when you're writing. Okay. I got nothing on Adam. Oh, uh, but there is a secret, uh, a secret chat. Oh. Uh, that Adam and I and someone else, who I'm not going to name because I don't want to incriminate them. I know uh, who it is. Okay. Are in. <laughs> yep. And that kind of started as like, uh, you know, listen, I was, um, you know how you could be added to a group, maybe yep. against your will, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and then like, if you wanted to, you could mute the notifications or you could remove yourself from the group. Yep. <laughs> Well, I've done neither of those things. No, okay, good for you. Yeah. You're just a fly on the wall. As long as you don't interact, you have plausible deniability. Uh-huh. Well, that tells me you've interacted. And I uh-huh. think I know what group this is, too. Okay. I believe this what this does this the group that started as a certain person's appreciation group? Yeah. Okay. I'm in the know on this. Okay. I can honestly say it was probably both of you who told me about this chat at one point or another. So gotcha. Not the third person because I don't speak to the third person in person. So nothing else going on with you. Everything's okay. Yeah, everything's okay. Like I said, I keep a, a low profile. I don't leave the house. Had a few had a few pops on Saturday, and you know, kept all my tweets to myself. Thank God, I didn't hit send and went to sleep. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. So we um, have information to discuss regarding next year's um, Todd and Joe of Issues, right? Yep, yep. And we're reading something this time. And the poll won with Sandman. Yes. Now, I will say uh, some of the stuff that was on the poll last year and some of the suggestions that we got are going to go on next year's poll. Um, Unless we get some sort of wild hair up our ass like we did last time where we do like the whole uh, Spider-Man versus Batman rogues gallery deal. Right, but I like the one where we just read something, but I don't Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So this, Todd's idea with Sandman 
right. so what is uh what's the what's the deal how are we tackling this I know I there's more than uh you know I know you're pitching more than the 75 issues that there are in the regular Sandman run right um because there's 75 issues in the Sandman run then there's obviously the Orpheus special mm-hmm. which counts because that's very important to the story it, so go go ahead I'll, I'll wait for you to go through everything right so now like right there and then of actual sand like stories of Sandman written by Neil Gaiman that's that's the uh that's just Sandman. That's one to seventy-five. That's special. Then maybe if because it's mentioned in there, the first uh, the first Death miniseries, uh, because they lay out like what Death can do once every century. So there's that. So if if that's just the, on the table, that's 75, 76, 77, 78, 79 issues. But after that, there's um, a bunch of short stories that pop up in like vertigo winter's edge they're like eight or six or ten page stories there's three of them um and i'm going by what was in my absolutes you know what i mean the absolutes have everything they have all the neil gaiman stories ever so there's the uh three short stories in in, in each vertigo winter's edge there's a story on the box of a sandman statue there's a Vertigo preview that has a, sh- a short story. A Vertigo jam that has a short story. Um, 9-11 special has a short death story. Death talks about life pamphlet. Uh, there's a last Sandman story that's a prose, like one or two pages from uh, a, a collection. Then there's actually the Dream Hunters miniseries, which is four issues that Neil Gaiman wrote about Sandman. Sandman Endless Night, which is a hardcover that has one short story... Or but basically one comic uh, for each of the seven endless. Um, there's a Sandman Midnight Theater special, Sandman Overture, which is six issues, then the two Death miniseries, which is I mentioned the first one already, and that's everything. We can whittle that down, but I think like those are all in the absolute, so they're all canological. And I okay. So I kind of lean with, so that's kind of where I was going was, you know, obviously stuff that's collected. Right. Um, needs to be read, but obviously what's collected in the trades versus what's collected in the hardcovers with versus what's collected in the absolutes is very different. It seems right. Uh, I would say, I would say yes mm-hmm. until you get to the soft covers later. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like right. now they're starting to add, all the stuff. I think the only thing to tell you the truth, and I know it's kind of jo- joking and like how long would it take to read you. The only place to get the Sandman story that was on the box of the statue is in the absolute. But everything else, else I think pops up in the trades, at least now. Definitely the hardcovers, but maybe the trades. Okay. So I lost count as you were reading everything off there. So how many uh, issues is that? How many? Like, and I know a lot of them are short stories or whatever it is, right? Right. So uh, you keep track as I go. So Okay. I was trying to, but then I got lost. No, I got you. So I'm taking away the eight-page, like, short stories. You know what I mean? So after 75, there's the Sandman special. That's one. Um, bu- 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 Sandman Dream Hunters, I believe, is a six-issue miniseries. Okay. So Sandman Endless Nights, which becomes seven 
I would say seven uh, individual stories in a long hardcover. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, Sandman Midnight Theater special number one. That's, so that's one. one. Overture was six issues. Okay. And then I believe Death, the High Coughs of Living, and Death, the Time of Your Life were both three issue miniseries. Is this? So that's yes. six extra. So that's all them. And then, like I said, various six, eight page stories. Sometimes probably maybe even two page stories. Okay, so if I do my Gazintas, that is 102 issues. Which would almost be two issues a week. Yeah. Okay, so that's not as daunting as I thought it was. Right. Now, obviously, you know, you could pepper in the eight page stories because i know you know like obviously like the the orpheus special is like 48 pager right 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 um the sandman um the the sandman golden age sandman mystery theater thing crossover that's kind of like a uh, a bigger thing some of the mini series is, is are like larger sized things too right Right, because they because back then comics weren't twenty pages either. You know what I mean? Well, no, no. What I mean is like Dream Hunters. I don't think was like a regular twenty-two page comic, or Overture wasn't a regular twenty-two page comic. They were like a little bit bigger, right? Overture, yes. And I want to say the one that only throws me off is Dream Hunters. I'm trying to remember if Dream Hunters was an, was a one shot hardcover or it was six individual issues. Do you know what I mean? But either way, it probably runs out to about the same, if that makes any sense. So, get that up now. Um, so, you know, obviously, we could lean... So, and this is just me throwing things out there, um, you know, as we're spitballing this and working it together, you know? Right. Um, obviously, some of these shorter 22 to 26 page stories that we get early on, we could even do three a week. Right. So that when we get to the back half where there's more larger things. Yep. We could bust those down to like a two or a one if need be. Yep. Um, Because like obviously another thing that I'm looking at is his page count because if we get two. If it just works out that, like, two regular 22-page issues versus two 48-page stories together. Right, right. You know, one week early on we're reading two comics. Another week later on we're reading, like, five comics just because of the sheer volume of the issues, you know? Right. And like I said, that one Endless Night, which is the seven, that's meant to be read as one. But obviously I'm trying to space it out. Yeah, yeah. Shave off two issues for... uh, for Dream Hunters, it was only that was an original novel that they adapted to a four issue comic, so it's probably a okay. hundred issues. Right, so we're at a hundred issues. Okay, so now this is why I wanted to talk about this here on the show because the onus is now on you to chronologically put all this in order. And I have okay. Here's the thing I have, and I went to a site and I cut and pasted stuff. So let me just open my thing again. Um, so what happens is I have the template, but I don't have them in order. Let me just put it this way: like uh, Sandman, um, Endless Nights. I know what day it came out in 2003. Um, Sandman Overture 
well, that would be at the end of everything that, you know, that was five issues and like the little vertigo jams and little eight page stories I have like, uh, that came out in August of 93. So I could pepper them wherever they go. Um, and I have the issues, the one to 75, what months they came out. I just don't have them in the order yet. If that makes any sense, but all I have to do is move my dates around. Right. Yet, yet you don't. But I didn't do that because we didn't have the what we were doing set in stone. I wasn't going to do work I didn't have to do. (laughs) Like, if you said to do, like, if we were going to do Mark Wade's Flash, I would go and go to, like, all the Omnibi and get everything that's in those Omnibi and be like, all right, now I just have to put things in the right order. But I have that, too. But I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that until I know that's the thing we're doing. So Right. But yeah, I could do all that. Yep, so that'll give you approximately two weeks to get oh, cracking on that? Yep. Not a problem. All right. Less work for me. No, hey, this one I, w- I was happy to put together. And as a matter of fact, it became easy, too, because I was missing one or two things from mm. my Sandman collection. Look, I have all the absolutes. But uh, I have um, all the issues, too, because that's the kind of guy I am with Sandman. Right. And I went and I looked and I'm like, oh, here's this and I have this. Oh, and I'm, I I know I bought it, but I'm missing the 9-11 special that had a death story in it. I don't know where it is. Maybe it's somewhere in this house. But when I looked on eBay, because they, they were they were mass produced after 9-11, like all those stories for charity and stuff like that, they were like, oh, mint, shipped, $6. And I'm like, I'm not tearing my house apart for that book. So it, uh, I'll just spend the $6 and have it shipped to my front door. So I was able to go through everything in my collection, too, to at least see if I have all these things. And I was like, yep. I have them all now, so it was a double, like, you know, just, it was a double job for me. Right, and I can't see right now because I have, like, short boxes in the way, Mm -hmm. and the way my bookshelf is, I like to keep the omnibuses on, the omnibuses on the bottom shelf. Right. Uh, Just because I feel as though if something happens to the shelves, God forbid, the uh, structural integrity of them. And they're in the middle or top shelves, and they just come crashing down. Everything goes with them, you know. I could see it's like I could see Joe underneath all his omnibuy with like one arm free, eating candy he finds in the on the floor and stuff till April gets home. But I ha- I have the first two Sandman omnibuy and the Death one, right? Right, right. I don't have the full runs of them yet. And unfortunately, I think that ship has sailed. But I do have all the, um, I do have all the trades, and I do have all the single issues. You know, right? But how are you on like the weird stuff that I mentioned? Um, spotty at best. I was just curious how complete your collection was. I mean, because I could lend it all to you if you right. can hear me. Um, so, but I'd show you like you know where you need to go for that, but. Um, I was just curious, like how you were like, Oh, do I have it all? Like, cause when you know how I am about Sandman, that's why I was like, I have to have it all my, that's my OCD. So, right. Of course. So it looks like it's a plan, Joe, a plan. 
Yep, I'm excited to get the master list. I'm excited to see everything laid out and work with you in regards to, uh, you know, figuring out what the plan is. And like I said, that's why I'm saying two weeks from now, you know? Right. Um, So that when we record here on what would be the 27th, we could say, okay, we're going to start reading whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that we would talk about it that first week of uh, 2023. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So. So was there anything else that we needed to cover? I I, I could have swore I said something else before we started I, recording, but now I forget. I remember what it is. If you'd like me to mention it, I would. Um, did you have a fish math question? Yes, it's officially fifth fish math season. Everyone. Right. Right. And the um, the the Long John Silver's by me is allegedly open. But they never seem to turn uh, their sign on, right? Right, right. Um, a friend of mine went there a few weeks ago and told me that they no longer do dine-in. They Ooh. only do drive through right, right. Right, that makes me sad. That makes me sad, too. And the other thing, so Long John Silver's, I think, may be the only, uh, and National is with a big question mark. <laughs> Uh, national fast food chain that does not have their own dedicated app, right? That's good. I like that. I like that. You know me. I'm old school. I don't need to know that app shit on my fish. But I will say um, that when the far and few between times when the one by me does turn on their sign, um, they did have... Um, a thing up there that said order online, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing like through their website, right? Grubhub might be affiliated well, with them or something. Okay, right. So Grubhub is affiliated with them. Um, and I did go online and it is saying the one by me is just closed currently, like because it's late. Right. Not that it's closed out of business. It doesn't say permanently closed when they do that. No. Um, but I can go, there's a lot more Long John Silvers than you would think, uh, remaining, Todd. But not around here. No. I know you mean, like, nationwide. Okay, um, so we'll get into, we're gonna get into Pennsylvania here momentarily and go through that. Um, what state do you think has the most amount of Long John Silvers? Um, I would guess... Oh, somewhere in the middle of the country because you can't fish a lot there. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, how about most? I'm going to say Texas. You are correct. Because I just a, went I went on size. You know what I mean? Right. By a large margin at 87. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what state has the second most amount of Long John Silvers as this is? Oh, now, just to put just to put things into perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. There's several states: um, Massachusetts, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Washington, Wyoming that just have one in the entire state. Okay, sad state of existence, right there. Right now, I didn't go. Th- I like I again. I could sit here and try to figure out like, oh, here's the ones that don't have them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Texas has 87 Long John Silvers in the entire state. 
number two state that has the most has 56. Ooh, that's a lot. Mm. I don't want to hit um and half like too much. Right. Um, I'm going to guess Florida. Uh, Indiana. Oh, the Hoosiers love their, right. their fish. And there's only 37 states that have uh, Long John Silvers in them. <gasps> I don't like those right. odds. I know. I know. I don't like it either. Um, you know, there's the one left in Scranton. Like, all the little towns just have one left, you know? Right. Oh, Christmas is going to be crazy. I <laughs> Well, what I'm doing is I'm trying to look to see on here what technically my town is. Okay, we're, that's technically Edwardsville is what they have, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, right, there's no dedicated app. But they have a thing where you could order with door order delivery with Uber Eats or DoorDash, or you could order right through their website to go pick it up in store. Well, there you go. So have you gotten the order yet? Have you gotten all the other whatever's yet? No, it started the other day as we record. This is a Tuesday. Monday, I got the phone call from my father about stuff. And then he was like, oh, by the way, you know, for the for the Christmas Eve dinner on the fish, he, the, the only thing he asked me, but one question constitutes fish math season starting with my father. Right. He, he was like, do you want me to give you the money now? Because his thing is like kind of it, it's not official, but it's a tradition that the, the like when my grandmother was alive, his mother, she paid for everything. He, like you go get this and I'll cook it. But uh, I I pay for everything. And my father's like, my brother's like, oh, well, I, you know, he makes the, the soups. He's like, oh, I'll go get the mushrooms. I'll go get the, get the whatever. He's like, no, no, no. I pay for everything. So I, I, fine. That's whatever. You're the head of the household tradition, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, it's it's December, you know, 5th. Like, let's relax. He's like, oh, okay. Well, uh, I said, and when I get the head count, because I don't know who's, we have two weeks of people's yes and knowing and coming and not coming. When we get closer, I'll get a number and that's when I'll do the math. Okay, I got an okay from my father, which means in two days he's going to call me and ask me what I think I should buy. So, but last year was a weird year. He was, he did not call me a lot. So I don't know where we're going to be this year. We could either be every couple hours <laughs> Or two times between now and Christmas Eve, and anywhere in between. So, I was seeing how the uh, the pump was being primed. You know, it's always a surprise to me. You know, no two fish math. They're like snowflakes, fish maths, Joe. No yes. two are alike. Well, I'm glad we got some headway on some things here today going forward for the show. You know, that's always most important. Sure, you gotta have you gotta map out that 2023. Yep. Yep. And we'll be doing a Patreon show toward the end of the month, uh, laying out the groundwork for the 2023 movie show on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll throw it here at the end. Um, as I don't know when the show is going to be coming out, and I know I had mentioned to you off air, uh, but I recently recorded a podcast. 
uh, entitled "Itch If You Catch My Grift," where uh, the hosts two to three, depending on who decides to show up that day. Uh, this week, I got uh, Austin and Dalton. They look at different grifters throughout history, you know? Right. Uh, usually a lot of folks with, like, your religious bent and stuff, but this week's episode was uh, Alex Jones that we recorded. Oh, he's a grifter? Yes. I thought there was a level above that. That's why. Um, but, you no, know, like, they... It, the, so, you know, and obviously I don't want to spoil what we discussed in the show, but, you know, I'm kind of new to a lot of, like, the, like, I had, like, the fishbone worth of knowledge, you know, like, I could identify Alex Jones, I knew, like, one or two or three of his things, um, but Austin and Dalton did a really good job of doing tons and tons of research, bring tons of tons of, like, archival footage, mm-hmm. um, and there's... There's one, and I just have to spoil this only because it was one of the more surreal things I've ever seen in my life. And if I just showed it to you, Todd, or listener, or whoever, out of context, not only would you say, one, this is like a skit from like SNL or Mad TV or something like that, right? But it's too over the top. Like, it would have got cut from the show because, like, this is too over the top. It's not funny anymore. It's like annoying, okay? Right. So, uh, 1997, this was, and Alex Jones, before he gets on radio, did a public access show, okay? Okay. So, the clip that they showed me as part of the recording of the show was while Alex is talking to a, a caller about um, the, the local Dallas PD having infrared lights and Black Hawk helicopters... With no irony whatsoever, he's carving a pumpkin as well, okay? Okay. Very aggressively with a large, shiny knife, he's cutting a pumpkin, okay? Okay, as as you do. As ridiculous as the juxtaposition of this, he's carving a pumpkin, talking about the Black Hawk helicopters that uh, the Dallas PD has. It's Halloween time, okay? And there's spooky decorations. And on the table next to Alex... Is like a, a like a like a, a prop bloody head in a basket, and at three different times during this two minute clip, while Alex is talking, they just real quick flash to a close up of the bloody head <laughs> in the basket, right? And then in the third one, like it's like talk, he's talking, he's carving the pumpkin, and they just real quick flash to the the head. Talking, flash to the head. And then the third time, they linger on the head for a good 10 Mississippi. <laughs> right? As, okay. And I'm like, this this is not real. This is like something that's fabricated. They're like, no, this is from his Republic Actors show that he did in, you know, 25 years ago. And just a lot of uh, information. When the episode goes live, of course, it'll be up on all the... You know, places where I promote the stuff that I do. And it was very nice of them to have me on. Um, I know you're going to be surprised by this, Todd, but it was over three hours. Oh, only good podcasts with Joe are short, you know? (laughs) No, I'm joking. But uh, basically when it comes to Alex Jones, I know a couple of things, and this is all I know really. I could pick Alex Jones out of the lineup. Right. So that's that's at least that. It's either him, Ray Deadly, or QT Marshall. It's one of those. Uh, I could pick two of those out of the lineup. Okay. But I have a feeling they all look alike. So very much um, alike. 
Right. There's a there's a style there, I guess. And two, uh, he's the gay frog guy. Right. And that's really it. I know later on, what do they call that? Like a black flag thing or something like that, uh, where there was Sandy Hook, and that one I'm yeah. like, okay. But the 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 one I re- but that's only because recently in the news, you know what I mean? Yes. That was that was big with him getting you know pummeled with you know uh, fines and stuff like that. But otherwise, up to that point, he was just the angry guy who talked about gay frogs to me. Right. And I think that's what he was to a lot of people. And, you know, as you mentioned, he's just kind of become more of a thing. And, you know, uh, like I said, Austin and Dalton were nice enough to have me on the show. And we got to talk about a lot of it and fill in a lot of those earlier gaps that I was unaware of. But, again, they were very thorough. They're very researched. Um, You know, they do those sort of things, those sort of people, those sort of situations. Um, Like, I know they did Dr. Oz a little while back. Um, they did most recently Ted Gunderson, um, who was who the guy is. behind the satanic panic stuff of the eighties. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I know of that, but I didn't know that was the guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did Anton LaVey recently, um, David Miscavige, who is the, um, and again, the, well, again, the, um, West, Me- the West Memphis Baptist borough church people. I don't know that one. Yeah, we'll talk off air about that one. Tammy okay. Faye Baker. That um, was the comment one, was it? Who's the, this? The, remember did the cult where the, the, the comet was coming and they were all gonna ride it? Oh, you know what? Okay, so my apologies. So David Miscavige, he David Miscavige was he's the Scientology guy. Okay. Um uh what's his name um they had the nicknames for each other but the hail bop comic guy they did him tammy faye baker they did and uh fred phelps is the westboro memphis baptist church guy i know him he's the one that goes all to to and uh, yes. has the signs and then i like the bikers show up and rev their bikes to get yes. over on them yes so I that's, love those bikers, man. Right. So the the crew, and if Charlie's there, you know, he's usually their third. Sometimes they'll have a guest on. But they do, like, big deep dives onto those sort of folks, you know. Gotcha, and uh gotcha. Yeah, it was fun to be on the show. So it'll be up at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com uh, when the episode goes live. Cool. Maybe I'll uh, listen to that one. Maybe you will, Todd. Maybe you will. Uh, so yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. listening uh, this was Longbox Heroes Network, After Dark. The Lamborghini <laughs> of Podcast Networks. <laughs>